Did you get a haircut? I did. I did. It's it's a, a, I love it. Trying to look, you know, trying to pull off the cute look. It's very cute. <laughs> it's you. very cute. I don't mean to give you a compliment because that's politically incorrect these days, but um, uh, and be said to be at. But I um, like it. Thank you very much. Thank you. When did you do that? Well, it was an accident, actually, but that's a long story. I went to the hairdressers and I was like, hey, give me a new look. I don't care what you do, do what you want. And then suddenly, whoop. And now my son, who's obsessed with Rapunzel, thinks that the witch cut off my hair um, as a punishment to get me out of the tower or something. So there's a story. It's so funny. So How old's your son? I'm two. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, Aiden, welcome to the women your mother warned you about. This is what happens here. We start talking about all kinds of things like hair. You never quite know where we're going to go. Don't quite know where we're going to go. So um, I hope you know what you're in for. I'm looking forward to it. Don't be scared. Awesome. And, And we said your name right, right? You did. Aiden, okay. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure because I'm I am um infamous for butchering names. So I Arna. always like to ask and double check. You don't have to nod so quickly, Susanna. <laughs> so now, now where are you based out of? Like what what part of the UK? Um I'm a place called Bristol, which is in the southwest. So not me personally, but you might find lots of farmers around here and they all talk a bit <laughs> like this. We're just gonna go down the farm and go in. I don't know, uh, plow my field. I'm just looking because um, I don't know much about my history, but I have an aunt that knows everything. And she reached out to me like three years ago. I never ever met her. <clears throat> so she sends me all these pictures and stuff. But we originate, my mom, grandma um, immigrated over and grandpa in 56. Oh, wow. So you're one Canada. of me. I'm just trying to find it. Works. I'm, I'm from that general area, like not far from where Tony Morris is. I asked Tony, and he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I got to interject here because um, aren't you all connected to the to England because you're Canada? Uh, well, oh, the early, the early settlers, <laughs> early settlers. Yes, not so much anymore. But aren't you governed? Um, aren't you governed by the king? Well, you know what? A lot of people here actually uh, gave a rat's ass about everything, and I didn't realize how much we were until the queen died. Oh, okay. um, there's there's a big monument of the Queen just down here. I'm in Victoria, the capital of British Columbia. And I drive past it, and there is filled with flowers, all kinds of stuff. And then I remember my grandma telling me she waited in line um, when uh, the Queen's father died. So yeah. whatever that was, because mm. she was Queen for seven years, so she stood in line. That was for 12 a long hours time ago. Yeah. yeah, I remember grandma's passed on now, but wow. yeah. yeah, yeah, from uh, Honor Oaks. Well, they're they're buried in Honor Oak Cemeterium. Like a, it's, it's like asking you if a Bob, if you know Bob, right? <laughs> a bit, a bit, but well, no, I, I, I mean, it's not a big country again. It, you know, it's a lot smaller than your country, so I, I can understand. I can understand, but I don't know that place. Back in England, that's where we're from. Uh, <laughs> oh, that one, yeah, yeah, I think I know that one. <laughs> okay, is living on Dort Street in Beckman. There we go. Well, yeah. uh, well, well, to our listeners, I hope you have enjoyed this little lesson in geography and history. Exactly. Are we being recorded? <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. We just start running and you don't know what's going to happen. And I think we should just keep all this in here, including awesome. including um, 
Susanna's hair and I'm, I'm a little upset. Susanna hasn't noticed my hair because I, I also got my hair done today, but she hasn't made any comments about it, but that, but that's okay. I'm so for all of our listeners, we are um, we are now on a Zoom call and at Sales Gravy, we always train people to have eye contact paradox and I'm not actually looking at Gina, but Gina, I'm going to just draw your attention. I'm going to look at you on my screen here and your hand looks beautiful. Absolutely okay. beautiful. Fantastic. You're Thank good, you. You're doing a good job then because yeah, you're looking right up. I have to keep looking up here to actually look at you, but I just look at you on the TV. Yeah. Same you know? thing here. You're right here. Yeah. We, that piece of paper is blue. Show them, so I, I hope I don't do it. Yeah. Well, this yeah. is this is um, also something we teach at Sales Gravy, right? Like looking in uh, to the camera. Um, so let's let's just officially properly welcome Aiden Rigg to the Women Your Mother Warned You About podcast. Aiden, welcome. Thank you. I, Thank I, you. I hope you're ready for this. I am ready. Awesome. So one thing I want to jump in with and and make a comment on before Susanna runs away with the show, you know, because sometimes <laughs> she likes to do that. Take uh, we, over. Take over. <laughs> the British takeover. <laughs> Aiden, I, I got to tell you, um, you got my attention on LinkedIn. And I, and I want to call this out because I think this is really important because I really didn't know you. But you got my attention on LinkedIn because you were posting all kinds of things on LinkedIn about Outbound. Yeah. And of course, when you posted something about me that hit my ego, got my attention, I'm like, <laughs> who is this guy? Who is he? And I want to know, like, like what, like, where did that come from that you were posting all that stuff promoting Outbound? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, Well, I actually had, had kind of, you know, had the idea, I know two, Two years ago, but because of COVID, I couldn't cross the borders. So I had planned to go last year for sure. The year before that, which the the, the crux of COVID, I'm pretty sure I would have been thinking that I, I was going to go too. But I know for sure last year I was hoping that the borders would be open and all that stuff. So I was thinking, you know, how do I um how do I not have to introduce myself? You know, like I mean, you know, rather come up and say, hey, how are you doing? And and like when you saw me, Gina, we said, oh hi. You said, hey, Aiden, and it was it was better than me coming up to you saying, I I made Rick knew who I was. Oh yeah. Actually you like, you saw me and you're like, Hey Gina, it's Aiden. I was like, Oh my gosh, Aiden. Like I've yeah. known yes. you forever. Yeah. Yes. You feel very famous on LinkedIn. Uh, I, your name has a lot to do with that as well. It's a very memorable name. Right. It's a curse. It's a curse and a blessing. I we always go into that later, but uh, I want to change my name for years. Cause you know, anyhow, um, there was the eighties and, uh, yeah, <laughs> the AIDS virus is just coming out. All everyone used to call uh, AIDS. AIDS uh, was great, sick, them uh, stuff. And then when I got older and realized no one else had the name, but now the 10 year olds, 11 year olds are named Aiden. There's lots, but that, you know, I'm 50 and there was no one. <laughs> there was no one, right? There was Aiden Quinn and one or two actors, maybe. And yeah. But yeah, so, um, so that was kind of the gist of it. And, and I know it's fun. It was like, you know, okay, I didn't put up content anyhow. You know, what's the point of content and helps me learn. And then what I did uh, by watching videos of different people like yourselves and stuff. And then, and then I was like, oh, well, you know, like I learned who you guys were. I learned who Tony Morrison was. I learned who uh, Lee Sales was, or at least more about them. And yeah. so it was a learning experience. So I got as much out of it as uh, personally, as far as doing it as well. Mm, I love that. I think one thing um, that you write a lot about on LinkedIn is about moving away from that cold call. And I must say, just what Gina said, I never felt like you 
invaded your way into my life. You were kind of just there. And then there you were without bound. And you you somehow managed to not creep in, because that sounds a bit creepy, but you somehow managed to um to to step into to our lives. And you use social media very well to do that. And I know that you have you talk a lot about having 13 tactics um to essentially automatically generate leads. Has that got something to do with it? Are you going to tell us any of these 13 secret tactics that you might have? Yeah, well, it's, you know, let's back up a little bit because I want the listeners to kind of understand. You're talking about a guy here that started in selling in, you know, door-to-door back, he was a 92. And then my first real job where actually wasn't just 100% commission and stuff, that was 94. And I had this guy look just like Ronnie Dangerfield. He was a, a sales manager and 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 it was like, you know, make the cool calls and, 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 you know, just beat people up with, you know, five, six different things and stuff. And the first time I ever got on the internet was, I mean, the Sandra Bullock movie, The Net was already out. I didn't even know what The Net was when the movie came up The Net. What the hell's The Net? <laughs> right? So whenever that was. And so I, so I, uh, my first job, uh, I got a job around 2000, 2001 was when I first got the computer, got the internet. So it was kind of like a late bloomer and stuff. And and so the, my purpose of my t- me telling you this is, is I just kind of saw where things were going. So I kind of just learned through hard knocks, uh, just trying things and failing things. I've, I've easily spent $100,000 in the last 10 years completely failing, right? Really? Setting up pro, oh, absolutely. At least 100000 Yeah, I, I wouldn't even want to go back and look at it. I mean, I mean I've, yeah, I've tried everything from Weber to Infusionsoft to... Ugh, uh, Infusionsoft. Right? Oh Infusionsoft, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, everything. Um, and, and so it just, I learned a lot of, a lot of things along the way. So yeah, 13 tactics. But what I, what I, I really kind of advocate is, you know, we can all sit back and argue all day long. People like to do it. <laughs> you know, a cold call is a cold call. And I still am talking to someone's cold call. Yeah, it's true. But I'm, what I'm talking about is like when I saw uh, Gina as an example at, um, at this outbound conference, that was a cold meet, but it wasn't. Right, it was the first time I met her, but she kind of knew who I was a little bit, and, and that felt a little bit warmer to me than if I had done nothing. It was definitely warm. It was. Right. It That's, was right? not cold. I, I don't feel like it was ever cold. Right. No. And and so that's great. A great point from your from your perspective. From my perspective, I was just doing things and trying to get great awareness. Right. So and that's what I kind of advocate about the the no cool call. And all I'm saying is, you know, there's a there comes a time. And I don't know what, when it is, but there was a time when Amazon became a normal thing in my life. Mm. There was a time when Coca-Cola yeah. became a normal thing in my life. Yeah. It was just in my psyche and it was Coca-Cola. I mean, but there was a first time I ever heard of Coke. Don't know when it was, right? Or, or Amazon. The first time I ever heard of Amazon is, well, you get books. So I don't know what, when the answer is. At some point, we, we get into people's psyches where, where they, they know us. There's a level of trust there. And so that's what prospecting automation is really about. It's trying to use technology to reduce time, mm-hmm. right? The time it takes me to pick up the phones, type an email, what have you, just to kind of try to condense that as fast as possible. Yeah. And, you know, and LinkedIn, right? So we could look at LinkedIn. It's not really automation. It was a way for you to warm up. But when we look at some of the ways to automate, and you, you know, you mentioned Infusionsoft, Confusionsoft, like I had that for like a minute, like a <laughs> year. But that was a huge investment for a year because I forget what I was paying, $300 a month. And then I had yeah. to pay someone like 150 a month to like operate it for me because I couldn't, right? So it was a huge, ridiculous investment. 
um, designed to help me automate and uh, I couldn't do it. Yeah. So when you look at some of these automation tools, right, how, how can we make automation tools warm? I mean, that's what I want to hear. It's like, how do you warm up with automation? Mm-hmm. I would say that you think of automation as you setting up an email. So if I was going to do an introductory email to you right now, I would sit down and I would type it out, right? But why would I retype that email and send it to Susanna? Why would I then retype it and send it to Bob and Sue? Right. Well, it's the same email. If I can just automatically plug your name in, right? On the system automatically says, oh, hi, I know it seems impersonal, but not to the, not to the person getting it. Yeah. They're like, oh, I got this email from this guy named Aiden. If you open that email where you click a link um, or you watch the video or what have you, now I sit back and go, oh, okay. There's a level of interest there. I have gotten their attention. Now I'll go one-to-one. Mm-hmm. Right now I'll actually go type an email and say, hey, Gina, I know you watched the video. How did you like the video or whatever? But if you're not going to do anything or, 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 or click anything or what have you, then I just automate it until you do. But some people never do. That's what I was going to say. I'm con- I just like totally deleted and unsubscribed to all these emails that I didn't subscribe to. Right. Yep. Sorry, Suzanne. I didn't mean to jump on you. Go continue. Jump, jump <laughs> all over me. <laughs> so, so some people never do go. They, they don't. And I, I'll be honest with you. One of my, my biggest bugbears is trying to warm up salespeople to move and I mean this in a very polite way um, and I don't want to sound rude because it's not um, because there's definitely a place for it right because it works you've seen the results you've seen the automated results but some of the quality leads that that, that I'm finding are from people who say wow you actually picked up the phone and called me no one else has done that wow you actually sent me a, a video message that was so much more personal there's a lot of noise out there about automated emailing and automated messaging becoming so impersonal. So how would you recommend that someone can use the automated service without seeming scattergun in their approach? Yeah, yeah. Seem, wait, well, hold on. I'm sorry. Yeah. Seeming yeah. what? Scattergun in your approach. Scattergun? Yeah, so I like just, I imagine I've to... imagine I've got a gun, or we don't have them over <laughs> here <laughs> in the UK. Exactly, Aiden, you got to understand that there's always a new word that she throws in that I don't know. Okay, so you know, I've gun. never heard that word too. But my, you know, my grandma comes from England. She would sit back and say things like, "You know, are you gonna are you gonna wait in the queue?" I'm like, "The queue, uh, the queue is for pool, right?" And <laughs> you know, and that's so, yeah, the different the different words and terminologies. Scattergun, I will use that. Scattergun. Um, All right, go on. Yeah, so. <laughs> I, look at it like this. There's top, middle, and the bottom of the funnel. Okay? Top of the funnel, automate. Middle of the funnel, less automation. And bottom of the funnel, almost no automation. So if I'm going to get, a, you know, like uh, a thousand leads, for me to pick up the phone and call each of them or, or email each of them individually, um, you know, I'll have skinny kids. But if I can send some emails to people with relevant content or a relevant question, like, hey, Susanna, are you in charge of sales training as an example? And you and you open it or you click the link. Now I sit back and say, okay, there's something there. And now it's worth me calling or doing a personal email or a text message or something. But now now it's worth me spending that sweat equity and time in it. 
And I personally think everybody should be doing it because it's, I mean, I, when I think all the times I would used to phone people and they, you know, well, give me a call back next month. And you say, okay. And you call them back next month. It's actually, we just switched. What? You know, or whatever the case was on, we were doing it anyhow, but less able to connect. What I like about what you're saying is that you are building familiarity. I mean, you proved that by, um, by having the warm meet with us and you, you know, building familiarity is, is never a bad thing, right? And yeah. my, my, um, and it's not a criticism of it, but the reason I don't go to that for my first tool, when I'm, if I was given a, uh, let's say I was given a thousand names on a lead list, to me, I would probably start off by working out, researching which ones are going to be in my main focus list out of those, like who are going to be my big prospects, because I wouldn't want to work on the assumption that they would respond. So can you tell us a bit about evidence of response rates from these automated campaigns? So funny, I was going to answer, I was going to ask the same question. Yeah. So to answer your question, if you get a list of, let's say, a thousand people, on mm-hmm. average, somewhere between 11 to about 15 percent. Mm-hmm. Right, are going to are going to open that first time, and the second time you're going to get in and around the same, and then, but what happens is, so autumn all automation is is let's say I send an email to you, mm-hmm. and let's say I send the same email to to Gina and Susanna, and and Gina opens up that email, mm-hmm. and the system just automatically sends me a workflow says hey call call her or or it automatically sends email B. Where Susanna, you don't open it, so it sends you email C mm-hmm. or D, mm-hmm. whatever it is. And, and, and so based on your behavior and your level of engagement, it just always doing the same thing. This person's, yeah. it's like, if I go into the dating world, um, and I got you know, but, but you go into the dating world and you walk in, there's always people to, to potentially talk to. And your buddy comes up to you and says, you know what? That girl down there really thinks you're cute. Maybe go talk to her. I'm like, oh, okay. I, um, my 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 level my my level of um, confidence, my level of all kinds of things are are, are elevated. And I I go there and I try to have a conversation, and and so that's all we're doing. We're just we're just trying to you know out of a thousand people see who's the most likely the one that's interested at this time. But next week, six months from now, a person that hasn't opened up any of your emails starts to open them up, or may, or maybe they never do. Or you could have called them or you could have called them before the six month ended and um, got a yes, no, maybe quicker. You absolutely could have. But unless you're using, I have two people who work for me, okay, that make nothing but cold calls. Mm-hmm. Okay. On average, they're going to get 10 to 12 people an hour. Mm-hmm. Okay. At Outbound, when you go and talk to the guys at Connect and Sell there, they can they can increase that substantially. And I'm, and I'm going to be talking with them. But his exact numbers to me, they know what they're talking about. Says you, you'll get about 10 to 12, 15 calls an hour. An hour. So think how long, if I have a list of a thousand, mm-hmm. that's going to take me forever. And then I got to go back and cycle through again. So I'm just trying to get to the people that are um, are most likely um, going to, you know, take the call, engage in some way. So that's so interesting. You know, at Sales Gravy, one thing that we constantly talk about one thing that Jeb lives by is first touch should be a phone call, right? That the first outbound should be a phone call and then you build your sequence from there. What's your opinion on that? So because you're in this automated world, is your first touch an email? And then do you in- 
incorporate the call somewhere in the sequence. So when I was having uh, outbound, I was having uh, dinner with a bunch of people and Afi was there. Afi said the same thing. Afi believes in the phone call first. I would never, ever challenge Jeb and Afi and these, these guys, they, they're the leaders in the industry. There is not one only way. Yeah. And I want to preface that for everybody, right? So uh, we've got a lot of successful sales thought leaders out there, right? And everyone's got kind of a different approach to it. So this is not by any means taking away from maybe what your approach is. But I want people to hear what their options are. A thousand percent. The reason why I do the email first is, is because I teach the email first. And the reason behind it is simple. Most people, even salespeople, are completely 100% afraid of rejection, failure, and confrontation. Mm-hmm. And I've worked most of my career as a manufacturer's rep where I go in the car and work with salespeople. Yeah. And I've experienced it. You don't understand anything to them. You never tell the sales manager. They don't know what to do with a cold call. They don't have a clue. If you sit back and say, hey, you know, Bob's really interested. Go see Bob and wants to buy. So assuming most of the people I deal with are like that, they have a high level of anxiety and then pick up the phone. They're going to have all the reasons not to phone, right? To pick up the phone, phone. But if they sit back and say, um, hey, Suzanne, I'm just calling you. I left an email yesterday. Even though you've never even opened up the email, it gives me something to talk about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even better, if I sit back and say, hey, Susanna, um, I, I liked what you did on the uh, janitorial group in LinkedIn. That has been proven that just being in the same group on LinkedIn uh, gives you a 70% better chance of mm. um, getting getting them, right? Mm-hmm. So I just use those things as kind of to level the anxiety. For me, when mm-hmm. I've kind of done it hundreds of times, I don't really have as much anxiety as I used to, but I know what I used to be like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I assume everyone I'm teaching or talking to or, or whatever, they're the same. I just assume they are. And I and I think we need to come back to if you are dealing with a thousand, two thousand leads, right? That's part of the challenge too. I've got clients across the board, they've got a thousand leads, or they've got a really a finite group that they go after, and maybe it's three hundred leads, and that's easier to get through that and to constantly go through that from a calling perspective. But if you've got thousands, which I'd like to talk about, how do you get the thousands? Mm-hmm. Where did the well, leads come from, right? Because obviously you're going to, automation is going to be really important with a lot of leads, but where do the leads come from? Well, I, there's a bunch of different uh, programs. I've recently, through Outbound, signed up with uh, Seamless.ai, mm-hmm. right? So they're fantastic. They're fant- they even have, um, in a lot of cases, people's mobile numbers, right? Um, but uh, Scrapio, Seamless.ai, these are programs that literally... You download the app into Google Chrome, you go to a website, you, you click the button, and it gives you a list of all the people in that organization, you know, from the CEO, whatever, them, boom, right there, click a button, and it goes and brings into, into Excel, and you put it into your system. So to get the leads takes seconds, like literally seconds. Um, and then you validate the leads, which is another tactic. So you make sure that it's an actual lead that goes into someone's inbox. Tactic number uh, 13, uh, I think number 13 is authenticate. That's all we do. We just make sure that the, the viability of, of that email or of our emails going into someone's inbox is almost guaranteed by validating it on my end, on other end. So I'll give you an example. There's a thing called DKIM. Mm-hmm. Took me forever. I can't remember what it stands for, but I, I, I use it all the time. And so I won't mention any names, but after, after Outbound, I reached out to five top people and their organizations, it took the digits of their email. So let's say it's um, uh, 
greatsalescompany.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. And put it in. Not one of them were DKIM uh, validated. So what does that mean? What it means is that Google and Bing, even though these are pretty big companies and these are prominent people, um, there's still a huge chance that Bob at greatcompany.com or Sue at goodcompany.com, that's going to go into a settlement spam box. I've never had a customer or a prospect that's actually uh, done that. So these are just little things that you make that have uh, been um, authenticated and just get you into the inbox. Actually, my 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 web person who manages GinaTremarco.com, that was like a big deal for her. I still don't know what it stands for, but it had to happen when she did my site. Well, you would be extremely rare. And, and if it is, that's fantastic. But I, I've, I'm talking, I've got customers that are, in the millions, mm-hmm. in the millions, of, you know, of their their companies and stuff like that. And when I do it, they are not even authenticated. Mm. Well, it's just a little thing. It's just yeah. it's not going to make or break, but it it helps, right? There's all these. Yeah, uh, there's something going on in my mind right now because one of the things that I, I certainly got from you, um, Aidan, being in the same room as you, but also from seeing your presence on LinkedIn, um, you you have got a great presence. You've got a great personality and great voice. And that comes across really well um, from a sales perspective. However, the one thing in my mind that I just cannot get away from is salespeople are always looking for excuses not to pick up the phone. We know that. Anyone who's been a sales manager knows that too. And whilst I love the automated tool, I just worry that if salespeople, I love your example of calling them, using it as a reason to call them because they've got that email use it as a reason to call them. I love that example. My only thing with this, it, it, with, with, with the product, is that our salespeople are going to use it as a way to avoid picking up the phone, which I believe is one of the primary problems. It's the reason I'm so successful at my business, because no one else is picking up the phone. And that's really quite poor, really. Yeah. So I yeah. want to know what you've got to say. Can I jump in before he answers and play devil's advocate with you? Because you and I do that really well with the battle. <laughs> I, I think I hear what Aiden is saying, though. I don't think necessarily I think you're going to have some people who will always find an excuse to not pick up the phone mm-hmm. no matter what. I think in this case, it's kind of interesting that if you've warmed them up a little bit and mm-hmm. you see they have an interest, it actually gets easier to pick up the phone because it's not a pure cold call. Bingo. If they pick up the phone afterwards. So Suzanne, I, I listen to what, so with the book's coming out, the last chapter of the book is at the end of the day, people are Okay, they're not picking up the phone to call you. They're mm-hmm. not doing it. They're just, they're not, okay? Yes, you've got these marketing gurus and, and, and that, and, and they have their big conventions and they're making millions and millions and millions and they have all these little tricks and all these things and they follow Influencer by Robert Kildeen, you know, and all these things and they've been successful. But they've also been very successful because they've done everything they can to avoid picking up a phone. That's why they did it, right? Because they yeah. wouldn't be able to sell, they wouldn't be able to sell one-to-one. That's, mm-hmm. that's a good point. <laughs> right. But they've become millionaires yeah. not picking up a phone. Mm-hmm. So let's not ignore that. And let's say, okay, there's a validity there. But you and I don't have, oh, well, uh, super, I don't have millions of dollars to invest in all these things so that I don't have to call them. But I can use that technology for a few pennies a month or whatever to warm them up. And But at the end of the day, we have to call. My yeah. phone does not arrange. People yeah. just saying, hey, Aiden, I saw you on LinkedIn. Where you've been all my life? Yes, I get a few <laughs> a year. Absolutely. But, I, you know, I would not be in business if I relied on people to pick up the phone to phone me. But when I pick up the phone and phone them, 
And they say, yeah, 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 I've been watching your stuff for six months. Well, yeah, yeah, I see you on LinkedIn. Or that's what I'm trying to achieve. I think it, I, I think it goes back to a blended approach too, right? Which is something that we believe in. Um, it, it's You're probably not just going to send an email. You're probably going to do some other things along the way. Well, you great. Good point. So combo prospecting by uh, Tony Hughes is right there. Um, he has the combo, right? His thing is one, two, three. As an example, me or my team, it's exactly how it works. You pick up the phone. Uh, sorry. You, yeah. We send an email. People open it. They pick up mm-hmm. the phone. 90% of the time, you're not going to get them, right? Hi, is Gina there? No, she's not. Thank you. Boom. Click the button. I have three emails set. Talk to receptionist. Voicemail. I actually spoke to that person. Click a button. It automatically populates. It says, hey, Gina, just spoke to your receptionist. Uh, they passed me off to your voicemail or whatever. So we're doing all that combinations, but we're going, we're doing it so fast. Phone call, no range, click email. Now they've got a phone call. They've got an email. Now I'm going to sit back and see when they, they open it up. And some people don't open up. And some people open up six times. And then some people, I was with a customer today. And he said to me, you know, the per- one person, then they have a score of 100. So we're scoring you open up an email, you get a point. If you um, watch a video, you get three points. If you watch more than 20 seconds of a video, you get more points, right? And we're scoring on these points. So he has a customer that has 100 points in the last, in the first eight emails for prospecting. But she has gone to his Calendly calendars three times. Mm-hmm. So he's like, it can't be working. I said, well, it doesn't mean she actually signed up. She's nervous, what have you, but she's gone to your Calendly calendar. So he made me click and tap. Yes, it works. So this person, example, has gone to his calendar calendar three times in the last uh, week or so. And aborted. And aborted. But if he picks up the phone and phones her, she's not going to sit back and say, Bill, who? She's going to sit back. Oh, yeah, I was meaning to call. She's not even to know that we know. She's, she's, she's going to she's gonna think, oh, my gosh, you must have been reading my mind. Do you know how many times we get that? Right. I've, I've done that with not not as fancy of the automation. Like I've done Confusionsoft and then lost my mind with it. And then yeah. I went to something simpler like a, a MailChimp. But same thing. I can see who's clicking. I can yeah. see who's opening the email. I can see on what they're clicking on in the email. And then I can watch and see what they're doing. I'm not doing the full flow of things because that hurts my head. Yeah. Right. I need help with that, by the way. But I can I can look at behavior and be like, you know, Aiden, Aiden's opened every single email in the past two months. I probably should call him. Right. So my system was created because I did confuse yourself. I paid the thirteen hundred dollars. I had the three online boarding sessions with screen share. I was still confused. So you can do things like you can just you can do things like a workflow. All that is is the system sits back and says, Aiden. Here are all the people in the last 30 days or two days mm-hmm. or 10 years that have gotten 30 points. That means they open this list, right? Oh, here's all the people that have not scored more than 30 points the last 90 days. Oh, well, either get them out of my system, rethink something. So all we're doing is using um, technology. My first book was called Insightful Self, right? And back then, and it was, back then I came out in 2010. And you do research to insight, get insights on the industry and the person. Now technology does that. And yeah, it's a little creepy. Absolutely. Um, hey, if I had my way, we wouldn't have it in the world. <laughs> but but um, it's not going away anytime soon. So yeah. uh, so we can make uh, this stuff use. It's just called AI, right? It's all it is. 
Um, and it's, it's it, amazing. It's, it's, it's the future. But I, I, and I'm impressed by it and I'm impressed by what you're saying. I mean, what salesperson wouldn't use it, right? What salesperson wouldn't work smart to get quick results, especially if that person responds by emailing? Um, but I think from a recruitment perspective, I'm just thinking to myself, would I use it? And I think maybe to find out if people are actively looking, but often I'm trying to get that person who's not actively looking, they're passive. And in order to do that, it has to be personalized. Are you, talk- are you talking about candidates or are you talking about organizations who are hiring? So a recruiter who is an agency who's hiring um, or trying to find someone who's passive. So okay. for example, I've got a lead list of say 100 at the moment and I, I probably wouldn't automate a message to all of them but simply is my first thing I would do that as my first thing but also you know fanatical prospecting one of the main things that Jeb says is that cold calling is still the the best way to get contact I mean I think it depends on industry doesn't it because he says statistics between 15% and 80% contact rates in the phone so for me and I know I'm I'm laboring this point to dead to, to death, but to me, if I want to get that quick, yes, no, or maybe, I know I would back myself to get it more quickly than from an email campaign because I get so many emails, I don't get so many calls. But that's just me. I I would try both. I would definitely try both. What if you called me for the first time and I said no to you, and I gave you your yes, no, and again, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm just playing devil's advocate again because obviously we. I work for Sales Gravy, so we 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 live by the call first. But what if you call me? I say no. You get your yes, no, maybe, and you're out because you got the no. Then yeah. what? What do you do with me after that? Well, it depends on whether you're a qualified prospect or not. If you're already, but you, but you don't, but you don't know because I shut you down. Ah, uh, well, then you go straight into my sequence. But I'm more familiar than I would have been if I had just sent an email and you had ignored it and not even true. And what's, seen your, it. What, what's your sequence in that in that uh, scenario, Sudana? My sequence would be to call Gina, get the no from Gina, but she's still familiar with my charm and my voice, yeah. <laughs> which she wouldn't be familiar with. But she just got my automated uh-huh, uh-huh, email. Yeah, I hopefully would have said something that was unique to Gina to stand out as an individual recruiter or salesperson, if you like. And I would still keep Gina up to date with my hot jobs, recruitment jobs. And that's where I'd use your automated tool. I'd have it like as a, as a kind of every couple of weeks, these are my hot jobs for Gina. So Gina, I can see Gina's engagement, but I would back myself to get a quick yes, no, or maybe if that makes sense. Um, yeah. So we're, sorry, we're kind of talking the same thing. We're just different language. So here's my scenario in a, in a, in a summed up. Um, you do all the things behind the scenes to make sure your email is going to get into someone's inbox as best as possible. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's half a book. That's half a book. Mm-hmm. You put it, you get the emails, you put them into a sequence of, of roughly eight emails over 30 days. Mm-hmm. Okay, they either open, they do, they don't, they don't, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Regardless, they're either for me to pick up the phone and call them now, or I don't, based on mm-hmm. what they've done. And they automatically go into a once a week sequence after that, which is every week an article or a video. Yeah. Right. So for my customers, we do one week article, one week video. And all we're doing now is they're getting educational content once a week. Yeah. And based on whether they're watching the video, clicking, based on their behavior over the next infinity, some people it's 30 days, some mm-hmm. people it's a year, right? As far as like whether or not they're opening, clicking, what have you. But all I do, I go to my, 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 my system, I click hot leads, 
30 points or more in the last 90 days. I get a list of 15, 20, 100 people, whatever it is. And mm-hmm. those are who we call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most no, of who we call. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we have a sequence too, just like you're talking about. I think we're just talking about whether or not phone first or email first. Yeah. And as long as they're picking up the phone as well as the email, then we are completely on the same page. <laughs> and I would, yeah, I would never argue that picking up the phone, phone first is fine. If someone wants to do that, then pick up the phone, get a voice. But you have to realize, like, two things I'd advocate the listeners to listen to, even though I have a book coming out. Okay. You want to look at Read Combo Prospecting by Tony News because he has data. Mm-hmm. But, his but newest, it's called Combo Prospecting. Combo Prospect, yeah. But his newest book that's come out is so revolutionary. It's so ahead of the times that most people aren't ready for it. Mm-hmm. It's called Tech Powered Sales. Ooh. Okay. And what he's talking about, people aren't ready for it. This, mm-hmm. They're just not, they're not ready for it. Um, and so hopefully my book is, my book, when I, you know, my book's coming out, it, it aligns very well with his. But a lot of people aren't, aren't ready for it. They're not. But so call a prospecting. Okay. He get, quotes a survey. Two weeks. Uh, 60 seasoned salespeople, two weeks, seasoned salespeople, two weeks make 6,000 phone calls on a, in an independent study out of a university. 6,000 phone calls. They let in 19 appointments. That's one third of 1%. <laughs> that is the data. And it's in call and prospect. I quote it all the time. Mm. You know, so I always say, does the phone work? Yes, it does. One third of 1% of the time. Now, if you are in a small area, like, just I'm in Victoria, British Columbia. If my territory is just Victoria, sure, there's a lot more to be said about phoning and all these things because you're still such a small area that it's, yeah. not, it's manageable. If all of a sudden I'm in charge of British Columbia or all of Canada, my pool is so much bigger that I can just shift them quicker and narrow them down to you know, the ones that are most likely to, to engage because I'm going after a, a bigger pool. Well, this okay, is okay. I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna, I'm cutting you off, Suzanne. I'm cutting <laughs> you off <laughs> because I, I do have another question I want to ask, and I know we're, we got to get ready to wrap up soon. Um, and I'm sure Susanna's got some interesting end of show question, uh, but I do want to ask, ask you this, and then I want to ask you how people can reach out to you. I've got uh, several clients that I'm working with that they want to know best automation tools to use and how much is it going to cost them? You know, there's, they're, you know, they're smaller businesses that can't do an enterprise account necessarily, um, or individual salespeople, individual contributors who are like, I want to up my game. How do I use seamless AI? How do I use this? How do I use that? I hear a lot of like, this is expensive. That's expensive what would be some of your best recommendations for the individual contributor or the entrepreneur? What are the best automation tools out there, whether it's lead generation or email, like just give us come on, maybe your top three in your opinion. Yeah. Well, there's, there's basically two types of levels. So I'll answer the question now. Everyone has, you know, some things that are better. Each company's got something that's better within, mm-hmm. but they're all basically the same. So Aweber, right. MailChimp, Get response, convert kit. They're all basically email, maybe with a landing page, mm-hmm. right? And, and then they're all starting to get into a little bit with workflows and stuff, a little bit. But they're basically starting off as email marketing mm-hmm. programs, right? And they're good for email marketing and uh, constant contacts, those type of things. Then you move up. When you move up, you start moving into um, if I didn't have mine, I would probably go with Active Campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, Active Campaign, I'd have everyone check that out. Uh, but um, Infusionsoft, Active Campaign, 
HubSpot, mm-hmm. Salesforce. You know, those are now those are now email marketing, but with a artificial intelligence behind it. And not mm-hmm. to let anyone scare what artificial intelligence means, because you kind of think of this robotic person is going to take over the world, <laughs> right? All artificial intelligence means is that you know you send an email, they open it, the system goes, oh, okay, I do this, I send email two. No, they didn't open it after three, after uh, two days or a week, you know, whatever. Oh, I'll send email three. That's all artificial intelligence is. Sales name of it is not a word for it. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds scary. I thought it was all scary. And I went to a, a, you know, a, a conference about five years ago and went there and I was there and I was like, oh, that's what they mean. <laughs> you know, but I was thinking these robots are going to start, you know, you hear things like Google answers the phone and you don't know the difference between real. I mean, I'm sure that's coming, but we're not there yet. So artificial intelligence. AI just simply means that it just automatically will hold off and not get anything for two days. And then based on what you've done in those two days, then it'll sit back and say, oh, they haven't opened up the email, then send this. Or they have, send that. Mm-hmm. That's all it means. Okay. So you've got, so you've got the email marketing, you've got the email marketing plus AI. And then we've got things like um, seamless AI. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got Zoom info. What are some, what are some other lead generation that you would suggest? So when I went to Outbound, I was very impressed with uh, Brandon and the Seamless.ai. So I signed up for that. I got uh, I got two accounts, and it's probably the best out there. My rep that does, you know, that's what they specialize in. You know, I always get people swear to me. Um, that's what she specialized in, and she goes, "Oh, Seamless.ai is really, really good." But they're going to ask you to sign up for a year for a hundred bucks a month. Not everyone can do that or wants to do that. So. A second alternative, which I used for years up until uh, a month ago, was Scrap.io. S-K-R-A-P-P.io. It literally, you can go to LinkedIn. You could create a list of all the sales leaders. Okay, first connection, second connections, all the sales leaders. So Jeb would come up there and you would come up there. Suzanne would come up there. There's your list. You click a button. It's going to take all your emails. In seconds. Hmm. Seconds. And how do you, how do you spell that? S-K-R-A-P-P dot I-O. Okay. And that one you can buy credits. You can spend 30 bucks a month for a thousand leads. That's enough for most people. Yeah. Right? That's enough for 30 bucks a month. Um, And literally you put a plugin, you have to use Google Chrome, literally a plugin. And I'm not exaggerating here. When I see, I can go to like, uh, not every website, but most websites you go to websites. Let's say it's a lawyer's office. Let's say there's a hundred lawyers. Just go to www.lawyers.com as an example. And you click the button and then, oh, there it is. There's a whole list of all the lawyers that work there, their email address, whatever. You click the button and it's in an Excel file and you upload it into your system and you start your process. Okay. Oh my why, gosh. Why did, why did you move from, from that to, to um, Seamless? Seamless. Uh, well, uh, two reasons. Number one, I really like Brandon. I want to support him. I like his journey. I like what he's done. Yeah, good uh, reason. I, I, um, but also too is it does the same thing. Scrapio does. It is a little bit more expensive. But it also was very good at um, getting phone numbers, mobile phones. And mobile phone numbers is very, very hard to get. Okay. Very mm. hard to get. Okay. So that, that's, a, that's a key differentiator. And, and, I, and I want our listeners to know that because yeah. they ask for these automation tools all the time of what to do, what to spend, and they get overwhelmed with it. Yeah. One of the problems is like, like even if you read Tony Hughes' book, right? He starts naming all these different programs, like Zoom Info. Uh, you know, I had a meeting with them a year ago. They wanted fifteen thousand bucks. Well, that's for a certain that's for a certain customer, and they do a good job with that customer. Yeah, that's not me. Yeah, 
right? Scrapio.io, uh, Seamless.ai. Um, that's that's more <laughs> that's more approachable. And right. I think a um, a high performer, a high achiever, a hundred dollars a month is not that much yeah. if you're doing okay. It's yeah. not that much, right? I mean, well, I get the return, right? Yeah, and you and you get the return, but having that alternative um, is good too. Lots of great stuff here. We've got like six minutes. I want to use this to the best of our ability. So next thing I want to um, is give you an opportunity. How do people reach out to you? How do they work with you? Where do we find the book? Um, All of that info about you. So much great stuff for our listeners. So thank you. And then Susanna always has, I don't know what question she has, but she always has some less end of the show questions. So let's talk about where people can learn about you and work with you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Well, I would like to tell you to go to AidenRig.com, but you're gonna you're gonna spell my name wrong. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Star. Yeah, my mom I and dad go A D O N, right? Instead yeah. of A D I A N or I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That no one's gonna think A D O N. And and we'll we'll put this information too into our show notes. So we'll have the link there. The best is leadfreak.ai. Okay. Yeah, and that's and that's got all my information. Um and yeah, I've got a new the book coming out. It's coming out end of end of um uh, November. It has uh, a little bit of a little bit about my journey. Uh, you know, uh, just like everyone else, we all have a different story. I, I live in a bus, and yeah, we didn't even get to get into all of that. I'm you so got an sorry. inspirational story. We were going to have to get you back. Well, I, right, well, we yeah, I live in, in the bus, and used to get water from a cattle trough, um, uh, outhouse, uh, no running water. Then my parents got into business, and before I knew it, I had a Suzuki Samurai Jeep when I was 16. I had a Cowboy Z24 when I was 17. I had a Corvette when I was 18. And I went to Welfare on when I was 19 because they went bankrupt and left 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 the state. Oh, gosh. I went to, went to Welfare, knocked on the door, knocked on the door, and they said, "Sorry, you have to be uh, 19. You're only 18. Go pick cherries." And so uh, I skated from job to job, and very quickly, um, got an ad in the paper. Ended up selling vacuums. Long story short, I was running with a guy in the vacuums one day and my car caught on fire because it was a crap piece of crap. He ended up leaving. Two years later, I'm working for a job. A girl comes up to me and says, my boyfriend wants to talk to you. Because my name's Aiden, no one else had the name. So I pick up the phone. He goes, Aiden, yeah. And you sell vacuums? Yeah. And uh, he was working for a company selling uh, B2B. And he got me an interview. And so it was all because of my name. <laughs> the name that's right. my name was Micro Bomb. She would have said, Oh, this guy Bob, he would have gone, Oh, whatever, right? But because she said this guy, I'm not named Aiden. No one else awesome. has the name. Awesome. Well, everybody go check out um, leadfreak.ai. Go find Aiden's book end in November. And Susanna, do we have a final question? We do. So we go back to the would you rather questions because I've got a new Fantastic. book about them. Um, and I've got a really cool one that got okay. me thinking today. We'll go straight in. Would you rather, you can both answer this if you want. I'm going to answer it. Would you rather be able to eat whatever you want, yet be perfectly healthy, or have to sleep only one hour every day and be completely rested? So eat whatever you want, be perfectly healthy, or sleep for only one hour every day and be completely rested. Who wants to go first, me or Gina? You, you're the, you're the BIP. For me, that's easy. It would be the one hour of sleep. Yeah. And the reason being is, um, you know, anyone rich will tell you that's really, really rich. They'll all tell you the same thing, right? Is that time is the most precious resource, right? 
I mean, they want to pay you as little as possible, but they'll give time and some for us as resource, right? So another seven hours a day on average, uh, that's another lifetime. Yeah, I, I love that answer. I, yeah. That's the conclusion I came to, although I am partial to a nice Domino's pizza, which I would quite <laughs> like now. Um, <laughs> what about you, Gina? I, I, that's, I, it's a toss-up. It's a toss-up because I like sleep. Like there's something decadent to me about sleep mm-hmm. and that's the only time when i can rest and not be consumed with work mm. so i'm 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 really torn on how to answer it because mainly because i like the concept of like relaxing in bed there's something joyful isn't there about a lovely sleep there there really is. And you, <laughs> I, well, we know you now. You, 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 you'd go for the one I do, Aiden. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, 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 I struggle. I, I write down my three things to do every day and it looks simple. And even then I find it hard <laughs> to fit the three things in and do them properly. So, so that's why I, I, I'm not sure if you would still get them done if you had seven more hours. And there's a point. Procrastinator.com. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Awesome. Well, this was um, this was a great episode with some great information, especially for automation and prospecting and and thinking maybe a little bit differently out of the box. I know Susanna is probably going to hang on this, um, you know, pick up the phone thing um, for a while. She she definitely gave Aiden a run for his money on this show. So, Aiden, <laughs> thank, thank you. you so much for being here. Thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Thank you, ladies, very much. It was very enjoyable. Awesome. And hey, Warners, our listeners, thank you so much for listening to this episode brought to you, by the way, by Sales Gravy, sponsored by Sales Gravy. Forgot to mention that at the top. So thank you to Sales Gravy for sponsoring this show. And if you want to level up your game, you got to go to salesgravy.university and sign up for an all-access pass. It is like the best deal in town. Um You also want to check out Jeb's new book, Selling in a Crisis. It is like, it is so hot right now. The the energy on it, the comments on it on social media. It is a really good book. We've both read it ahead of time before anybody else. So go check that out. Salesgravy.com, salesgravy.university. And of course, women, your mother warned you about.com. And we're out of here. Bye, Aiden. Bye, Susanna. Bye. Bye.